No one knows what to do, including the people who are around you who have dealt with loss. So I just said, I'm just going to do this and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to take each day and each decision and try to do the best I can with each one. I'm Carly Zakin. And I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to 9 to 5-ish with The Skin. We've run into so many questions over the years and had so many moments where we needed advice and we got it from women who'd been there. And that's what we're bringing you with this show. Each week, we're helping you get what you want out of your career by talking to the smartest leaders we know. Because we know your work life is a lot more than nine to five. All right, let's get into it. Today, our guest is Mary Celeste Bell. She is the proprietor of the acclaimed resort hotels Blackberry Farm and Blackberry Mountain in East Tennessee. They should just be honestly renamed like one of the, like, the best places on earth. Her story is really fascinating. She took over as proprietor in 2016 after she lost her late husband, Sam, in a skiing accident. Mary Celeste has helped transform the hotels into a renowned culinary and adventure destination. And she's done it all while raising five children. Mary Celeste, we're excited to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. I am thrilled to talk to y'all today. I'm really happy y'all wanted to hear more about my story. Well, we are really excited to learn more. But before we do, we got to get to know you better via a lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so here's actually my first question, which is so many famous people and influencers like talk about going to Blackberry Mountain and Blackberry Farm to relax. What do you do to relax? Oh, gosh, I have five children. Read a book, go hiking, yoga. Is there a spot on the properties that is like your go-to secret relaxation spot? We have one trail on the farm where I live that is about 10 minutes or 15 maybe max. It's just a little quick loop and it's just an immediate kind of dive into the woods. And so that's like my go-to if I don't have much time. What is the last TV show that you binge watched? Shrinking. I love Shrinking. It's so good. Although I'm still kind of early on, but I just am getting obsessed with it and I love it. It's great. I'm really enjoying it too. When you were growing up, what job did you think you were going to have when you were older? I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. My dad is a tax attorney and he just was like, you you might really like corporate law. And so when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, that's what I thought I wanted to do. Meanwhile, my mother's an artist. And so I also would get in the studio with her and paint and be creative. And so I've come this weird mix of the two left and right brains. Do you have an easy tip for being a good host? That is something I think people overthink a lot. I think in today's world, there's so much on social media. And I mean, we're guilty of it too. We show these beautifully set tables. But I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid and don't not have people over because you're worried about what your house looks like or if you're renting and just have the people over. I think the food, of course, we all love great food, but it really isn't about the food. It's about having enough food and having a warm, welcoming feeling in your house and being relaxed as the hostess and just making your friends feel comfortable. 
When was the last time you negotiated for yourself? Hmm. On Saturday? What'd you negotiate? <laughs> I really wanted someone to do something with me. And so I had to do a little negotiating. Did you win? And it worked out. I did. I did win. Good. <laughs> I would like to say it wasn't really something to win or lose, but I felt like we were all going to win if... If we did it your way. <laughs> they did what I wanted to do. <laughs> I like it. So I said earlier, you know, BlackBerry, both properties are like a dream destination for people. What is a place that you are dreaming of visiting? What's a bucket list travel destination for you? So because I have five kids and, you know, we have a lot going on here at BlackBerry, I've had limited windows to travel for two or three weeks and go to places that you need time. So I really am excited to go to South Africa at some point in the next two years. I really want to take my family. And everyone says it's just the trip of a lifetime. And I've been waiting until my youngest child is not as edible. (laughs) (laughs) And now she's 10. And so I feel like she's a good age. And so that's kind of our biggest thing on our radar. Okay, my last lightning round question. If you could drive to one song, what is the song? Oh, gosh. That's a good one. I don't know. I mean, sadly, just I will tell you, there's times when I drive to the song Oceans, which a lot of people haven't heard of, I'm sure. It's this Christian song, but we played it at my husband's service. And if I feel sad or I know that I really need to cry, I play that. So that might be like, that's like not exactly the vibe you were wanting, but that's that's one that gets played in my car kind of often. That's a beautiful answer. And I think a very honest one. Final question before we get into the arc of your story. What is one activity that you would encourage someone to try in visiting the farm or the mountain? That is a tough one. There's so much to do. I think it depends on what people do daily or what's in their normal realm. So if someone lives in a city and doesn't get outside a lot, I would say you have to go hiking. Whether you're at Blackberry Farm or Blackberry Mountain, you just have to get in the woods because there's something so meditative and so special about just being surrounded by trees and the sounds of the forest. But then I also would say that doing some kind of tasting is always special. I want to talk about what was your relationship to the farm and the family business before 2016? So Sam and I got married really young and we moved to Blackberry in 1997 and we had just gotten married and we lived here for a few years. Then we moved to California. So for years and years, I was really focused on our kids and Sam was wearing so many hats that I really truly needed to be focused on the kids because he was working on building our wine program and would get home at one or two or three in the morning. I was focused on my kids, but also had the privilege of being involved in a lot of different little projects. For example, it was a big project when we built the barn and the Singing Brook Cottages, and we kind of were able to build all the farmstead up. Those were things that I got to be involved with with our design team, and I learned so much. My mother-in-law used to head up our design for a long time, so I learned a lot from her. 
And then hosting events and helping Sam, whether he was involved in the event or not. A lot of our yoga events, our wellness events, working with our retail team. So I kind of just jumped into little projects here and there, but I never really had a daily responsibility because I was really focused on supporting Sam and our kids. Your life, as we've sort of alluded to, dramatically changed in 2016 when Sam passed away tragically after an accident. First of all, I'm, I'm so deeply sorry. And I know that you guys have five beautiful children and your life changed at that moment in a lot of different ways. And I want to talk before we kind of get into the, the personal part, actually the business part, where when I was reading about your story, I was struck that it sounds like quite immediately after his passing, your father-in-law came to you and said, you should do this. Just put us in that moment of like your father-in-law coming to you and saying, you should take over this business. When I'm trying to imagine a lot of the things that must have been going through your head in that time. And, you know, obviously I imagine your children are at the top of that list, but just walk us through that conversation. Well, as anyone who's been through a serious tragedy knows, there are a lot of moments that are really, really foggy for a while. So it's weird because I just remember a few moments of like two different conversations, but basically Sam and I dated in high school. And so I had known his parents since I was 16. And we all lived in Tennessee together. And so we're really close. I mean, it's sad to say that I've spent more of my grown years with my in-laws than my own parents. Not that I don't love my in-laws, but it's just sad when your parents live farther apart because my family lives farther away in Alabama. But anyway, we're very close. So he said, you know, Chris, who's my mother-in-law, Chris and I talked and we think you should become proprietor. And I... I just said, okay, if you think I can do it, if you believe in me, then I can do this. And the biggest thing is, is that we have an incredible team at BlackBerry. I mean, we have over a thousand team members, but of those people, we have an incredible leadership team that has been here for 5, 10, 15, 20, 22, 23 years. And so I had really strong relationships with these people because, again, I had worked on those little projects, but we live on the farm. And so, you know, I see them every week, not every day, but I mean, now I see them a lot more. So we had a relationship and I knew how much Sam trusted these people. Sam had just kind of decided my daughter was a senior, my oldest daughter was a senior in high school when Sam passed away in 2016. And he had kind of had a conversation with me probably that summer before in 2015 and said, you know, we have one more year before Cameron goes to college. Let's really make this a great year. I really want to be present with the kids. So he had kind of delegated more. And so I had seen that. But the other thing is, is that BlackBerry is not just a business for us. BlackBerry is, it's our life. I mean, we live here and so much of BlackBerry's evolution has been what has naturally been interesting to us and how we want to live. So I really felt like I could carry the torch and that's what I'm doing. 
I want to go back to what you said about BlackBerry is your life. It's a family business, a family that you became part of when you were pretty young. And that is incredible and rare in and of itself to run a successful family business for that long. And then to have this tragedy happen and to have you take over is is also something that I, I hope is, is pretty rare. When there is a, a tragedy and there is grief, I feel like people rarely know how to process it themselves. And there comes to be kind of this point where people are like, oh, you know, you just dive into work, dive into work. And for some people it works, some people it doesn't. But the work was your life and your life was your work. So how did you think about kind of trying to find your way through that fog of grief when it was so intermingled? That is a great question. I said this a lot that I was very lucky that Okay, Sam loved a few things in life. He loved me, our children, Blackberry, food, wine, and adventure. I mean, it was like those were his things and his friends. And anytime he could kind of combine two of them in one thing or three, I mean, and which is something I love to try to do myself, it just worked really well. And so everywhere we went, even if he was like, hey, let's go get breakfast as a family. From our house to breakfast, we probably ran into two or three people. We engaged with the team. We talked about what we thought about the breakfast. You know, we noticed, oh, these flowers look really pretty. Oh, this tree is dead. And so it's really just part of our life. For me, it felt really natural to step into this. And it was a really, 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 really important part of my healing and my kids. And I think that's the thing about grief that people who haven't been through it, unfortunately, we're all going to go through it at some point in different ways. But there's really not a beginning and an end. It's such a roller coaster. And for me, because of the ages of my children and different significant days. Like, for example, now my third child is a senior in high school. And so this has been a pretty emotional year for her, for me, because it's like, okay, here we are. These are big days and he's not here. But at the same time, I look around and I'm like, look at all the people that are here that may not have had a voice in her life or may not have had an influence in her life. If he was here, of course, I'm not saying we don't wish he was here, but the point is that Blackberry has been for us, my, me and my children, a way to stay connected to him. He loved Blackberry. I mean, he loved it. And so we are still connected. We're doing the things that he loved. For me, the healing, yes, it was foggy and I had choices to make of like, should I be at home putting my three-year-old to bed or should I be hosting this Martha Stewart? I mean, we had tried for years to get Martha Stewart to come to the farm because we thought she would love it and our guests would love her. And so she had finally said yes. And Sam died in the end of February. And I'm pretty sure she was coming at the end of March, maybe April. I can't remember exactly. But I was thinking, of course, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand up and speak at this dinner and I'm going to welcome her and 
I'm going to do what Sam would want me to do. And in doing that, I think it honored not only him, but it helped me. And I also think that it showed my kids, we can do this. No one knows what to do, including the people who are around you who maybe have dealt with loss. Everyone's situation is unique. And so I just said, I'm just going to do this, and I don't know what I'm going to do or how to do it, but I'm just going to take each day and each decision and try to do the best I can with each one. Do you have any advice for, I think it is so hard personally to support people going through it and, and no one knows exactly either how to help or, or how you need help necessarily in going through it. I think there is a real lack of how to support people when it comes to a workplace environment. You know, going through it yourself and then becoming a boss, is there any advice you would give to someone listening, maybe as a colleague or a direct report who is greeting? It's not discussed as much as it needs to be on how you show up for that type of support in a workplace. You know, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that everyone's journey is unique, whether they're going through a divorce or a breakup or they lost someone or cancer or infertility. Everyone has things they're dealing with. And I think the best thing that we all can do is just be authentic and, you know, put yourself out there and say, hey, you're on my mind. I would love to do something for you. I would love to support you. And you can offer your version. But I think we all have to recognize when our version gets rejected. And that's not what someone wants. I'm more of a in-your-face kind of let's talk about it, let's do this. And you just have to kind of feel it out. But I do think one of the things that's hard for both people, the person that's grieving and the one that wants to support them, is when someone that wants to support them says, hey, let me know what I can do for you. Especially in the early days, the person that's grieving doesn't have time or energy to tell people what to do. So That is one thing I learned was I am going to try to say, okay, I'm going to spell it out for people. I'm going to say, hey, you're a good friend, but you live far away. Can we pick a weekend that you can come visit and just be with me and my kids so I'm not doing this alone by myself on the weekend? So it is nice when the person that's grieving can really be specific and know because I think that for the other people guessing and saying, I don't want to step on their toes. I don't want to do this, you know. But in general, I think if someone has children, just offering to be supportive in any way, like, can I take your child, just drive your child? Or can I pick up your child from their activity so you can maybe squeeze in that yoga class or, you know, something like that? The other thing I would say is that there's no timeline I think everyone gets inundated with condolences and support early on when they are in a massive fog. And there are people that I've kind of, you know, been really busy in my life when they've, when someone's gone through a tragedy. And then I'll think about them again, like three or four months later. And I'm like, I'm going to reach out to them and I'll send a text or a note or something. And they are like, I'm so glad you did because it doesn't end. So I guess the bottom line is go with your gut, kind of listen to what how they're reacting, but try to put yourself in their shoes of like, okay, 
if I was a busy single mom now, what would be helpful? Or if they're a quiet person and they seem to just not want to talk about it at work, then maybe you say, hey, can we have coffee or, you know, get a cocktail after work sometime? I've been thinking about you. And either they say yes or no. I'm struck listening to you. I just keep literally like seeing the word strength over and over. And when I'm thinking about kind of the journey that you've been through, yes, like you married into a family business where you obviously have an amazing relationship with that family, but you took on this new role as proprietor. What was the hardest kind of side of the business that you had to learn for the first time? Well, BlackBerry is a pretty big business in that it's so many small businesses kind of in one umbrella, things from our brewery, our cheese making, multiple restaurants. Of course, there's the hotel piece, which is, you know, housekeeping and maintenance and grounds. And then there's the design piece, which I love that part, actually, and marketing and all the things that support a business. And I think that at first, I really felt like I had to prove myself because I was Sam's wife and I lived in this beautiful house at the farm and I had a housekeeper and, you know, I had all these people helping me. And I was like, I have to show them that I am capable. And so I think that was one of the hardest things for me was finally saying, you know what, you've got to just do it and not feel like you have to prove yourself. And you don't have to know everything about every department. That's not realistic to spread yourself that thin. And what you should do is focus on what your strengths are, and you've got to trust people, and you've got to delegate. And the great thing was that Sam really, really, really loved food and beverage, and he just loved hosting, and he loved adventure. The things that he didn't love were retail, marketing. And so those were easy things for me to say, hey, these have been kind of not ignored, but those weren't his focuses. And so I can help because I do have good perspective on those. What have you discovered you are best at? Like, what is your superpower now as a businesswoman? It's not time management. (laughs) (laughs) Well, knowing what you're not good at is sometimes half the battle. Yeah. I feel like... I am good at connecting people and I am very authentic. And so I do feel like people understand where the heart of BlackBerry is. And I think I'm good at reading people. So feel like I'm an encourager. And that is something that everybody needs is encouraging. I just want to clarify. I mean, we have an incredible team. We have a president, we have this whole series of people that are directing, you know, food and beverage, HR, our wellness program, adventure. So I really don't want to get a lot of credit. I mean, I am the torchbearer and I am the encourager, but we have so many incredible people that make BlackBerry tick. It's just a place that wouldn't work without everyone doing their part. I saw this lecture that you gave where you repeated a tagline. You said, make a great day. What does that mean to you? Make a great day is all about making the best of the moment in the day. Sam would say that to our kids as they were leaving for school. We live far away from school. And so we didn't always drive them. 
right before he passed away, actually, our oldest daughter drove them all. It was really sweet. They all piled in. A little scary, but <laughs> but as they were leaving, he would say, make a great day. And it's really about kind of taking whatever comes your way and just making the most of it. It doesn't mean that you're going to say, oh, great. I am so happy that it's, you know, pouring down rain and I need to go, you know, do something outside. It's about saying, okay, it's raining. Maybe I'll do something else instead that I need to do, or I'm just going to get out there in the rain and be happy that we're getting rain for our plants and animals. Or if you're stuck in traffic, like instead of being super grumpy about it and getting all stressed, it's like, okay, listen to a podcast, call a friend that you've been thinking about and haven't made time to talk to lately. Or just have some quiet. We have a listener question from Alice who wants to know, what are some tactics you've used to build trust with your team? I would say that's a really important thing. And I think, first of all, showing that you are trustworthy by, you know, sticking with your word. I think showing that you care, being active and getting involved in understanding how things work gains trust and, you know, looking people in the eye and really trying to connect with them. I think that's something that we've kind of lost a little bit in our virtual world and just showing up and being there even when it's not fun or even when it's a challenge is important. I've got one question before we get to a last question. It seems like BlackBerry is is not only a, a huge, you know, obviously successful family business, but it's also, it seems like a big part of the community and a huge employer for, for the area. How do you think about that responsibility in being such a, a huge part of kind of this local economy? It makes me so happy to see the effect we've had not only on Blunt County, which is our local community, but Knox County and even our region is really rewarding. We have team members that are second generation. We have both generations working here at the same time, which is always amazing. And to see the evolution of so many team members, I think that's where it feels extra rewarding is that people will come to BlackBerry and they'll start Maybe in high school, you know, doing some kind of part-time job or in college, and they kind of come really just to have a job and to make some money, but they don't really come at that age with a set on a career path. And what's beautiful about BlackBerry is that because we have such a wide range of little mini businesses within our broader umbrella, that we can find a place for someone. If someone has a great attitude and a good work ethic, then we can help them navigate. And we've had people that came and they were on our guest services team, and then they studied accounting through college, and they kept working through college just to kind of help pay tuition. And then ultimately, we hired them in our accounting department. To me, that is just so fabulous. Being able to expose people to something that maybe they had no idea they wanted to do, that's been really rewarding. But we've also started a foundation that helps support a lot of local 
charities. One particular one that is really close to home for us is called New Hope, and it's the Children's Advocacy Center of Blount County. And my husband's father, Sandy, his sister helped start it back in the 90s. And we didn't even have one in our county. And now we were able to break ground a few years ago on a brand new facility. And so it is really nice that we can support the county in a lot of other ways that don't directly affect our team or our guests. Last question. Who is somebody else we should have on this show? I think you should have Laura Van Rootpool. She started a boutique in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's super creative. She is a great businesswoman. She is a role model and she's very inspiring and is running a great business and doing special things really all over the country now. Great. Well, Mary Celeste, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished this senior. Thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate y'all wanting to talk today. And I hope that I'll get to see y'all in person at BlackBerry. I know. I would love to meet you. Same. I will, I'll let you know. It's, uh, it's on my list. <laughs> Very high. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of 9 to 5-ish with The Skim. A new episode will be in your feed again next Wednesday. And if you want to keep up with us in between episodes, follow us on Instagram at Carly and Danielle. It's a really good account. I promise. <laughs> <laughs>